When Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Mella, here with... Josh. Lacey. And Rashawn. What's up, y'all? Before we get started, y'all already know what it is. Yeah. If you've been listening. But if you haven't, welcome. Go ahead and press pause. Subscribe, like, comment, (laughs) review, all of it. I want to say one quick critique. I don't think they have to pause to do that. Oh, you're right. You can keep listening to my voice and do it on other things. That's so true. So don't pause. Just keep going and subscribe and do everything I just said. Okay? Cool. (laughs) What's up, y'all? What are you watching? I also just finished season two of Trying on Apple TV. You guys, it's one of my favorite shows of all time. Apple keeps putting out good stuff lately. I ragged on Apple hard when they announced they were stepping in the streaming game, and they've been knocking it out of the park. Good shit. Like HBO, in a sense, where it's like, we're just going to give them a platform, and they can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Rashani, you watch anything? I did. I watched a movie called Werewolves Within. I want to watch that! This is a movie by Josh Rubin. He did a, a movie called Scare Me on Shudder, uh, I think, last year. And this movie starts Sam Richardson, who is hilarious. He's been having a good couple months. Mm-hmm. This movie is so much fun, you guys. It's so much fun. It's this kind of locked room mystery. I did not know it was based on a video game, mm-hmm. which is basically <clears throat> kind of a mafia-esque gameplay and it translates really well because you get this almost knives out agatha christie mystery with a werewolf thrown in let go of your expectations of what a a werewolf movie could be and kind of just give yourself over to the the comedy of the movie michaela watkins cheyenne jackson there's just really fun people in the movie and no spoilers at all it's just a really fun time yeah, I, we just watched the trailer for it this morning, and I was like, oh, I am 1,000% in. I can't yeah. wait. It helps that the game is a little different than, you know, Assassin's Creed or Mortal Kombat, but I would say this is pretty high on the video game to movie adaptation. It's the same studio, I believe, that did, or production company that did The Wolf of Snow Hollow, which I am crazy about. I loved that movie. It was so good. It? Yeah, a couple months ago, I just turned it on randomly and I was blown away. It's I loved so every second good. of it. Yeah. You should definitely check out Thunder Road, which is okay. Jim Cummings, his first movie. Okay. That's great. I checked off another movie off my list, y'all. I finally watched Stand By Me. Oh, An shit? oldie, a real oldie. Yeah. But it was so good. I put it on while I was like folding clothes. And then halfway through, I was just like sitting on my bed watching it. And it's so sweet. I, I've i heard this a lot, but people are like, you love now and then. How have you never seen Stand By Me? And I'm like, I just haven't. And I get the comparisons a lot. 
but Stand By Me was, it was good. Choked me up yeah, a little a classic. bit. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else we're watching, guys? No, we okay. I think, honestly, I think we just need to get into it. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Let's fucking get into it. What are we fighting about today, fighting guys? About Mella. Yes, please. This week, mm-hmm. I got to watch with Josh saved. I command you, leave the body of this woman of God. Performing an exorcism. Hey, Mary, we've got to get rid of the evil in you. It's God's will. God's will. Christ died for your sins. Okay, wait a second. So are you not going to accept our intervention here? Kidnapping? No. You are backsliding into the flames of hell. You've become a magnet for sin. We've all witnessed it. Sure. Veronica acting all pure. What about last spring break at the Promise Makers rally, huh? Oh, my God. You are making accusations. As we're trying to save your soul. Mary, turn away from Satan. Jesus, he loves you. You don't know first thing about love. I am filled with Christ's love. Saved is a 2004 American satirical comedy directed by Brian Danley and starring Jenna Malone, Mandy Moore, Macaulay Culkin, Patrick Fugit, Eva Murray, Martin Donovan, and Mary Louise Parker. Follows Mary at a Christian high school who has sex with her boyfriend in an attempt to cure him of his homosexuality. She then becomes pregnant as a result and is ostracized by her classmates. Saved, you guys. Where do I even begin? Let me ask y'all this. Are you guys down for G-O-D? Let's just start with that. Because I am. Um, I think I saw this movie. You know, this was, I'm not going to lie, a little pickup from the $5 bin. Josh, I cannot stay away. I don't think I saw it when it came out. I might have just, like, what is this? It has a lot of people that I know and love. Mandy Moore, Macaulay Culkin, um, Jim Malone. So I'm like... I feel like I should have heard about this movie, but I've never, I never have. So I watched it and I was like, holy shit, this is, what is this? This is a movie that's just, I feel like if my mom walked in, she'd be like, what the fuck is on? Because I didn't grow up like super Christian or Catholic or anything, but just, just watching this movie and it talking about God and the way that it does, it's like, Ooh, just a little bit, a little taboo. <laughs> just a little, and it just made me want to watch it more. And then it became one of my, I'm just gonna always put it on. It's always gonna be in the DVD player type of movies. And I fell in love with it. And I hadn't seen it in a really long time. I think I watched it a lot in college. And I got my Mandy Moore fix in college too, because I watched How to Deal and Walk to Remember and this. Like those were just on replay. And then I watched it recently and I see the little inc- inconsistencies that we're going to jump into. But to me, this movie is just so fun and so quotable. And I'm ready to hear from y'all to see what you think. <laughs> Who wants to go first? Lacey, why don't you go first? I'll go first. Okay. Mella, this is one of my all-time favorite movies. Holy shit. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I'm not even going to beat around the bush. I fucking love this movie oh my god okay top to bottom i hadn't watched it in a few years popped it on this week obviously and i cried my eyes out like it was the first time i'd ever seen it 
top to bottom. I think everyone is perfectly cast. Yes. I think it's wonderfully written. I think the direction is great. I love this movie. When we sat down to watch it, I literally asked Lacey, I was like, wait, is this Mela's week or yours? Because <laughs> I know how much she loves this movie. I forgot who was hosting this movie. No, honestly, there's a few movies that we've done. I think now and then this one for sure. I can't remember the other one where Marla will see us watching the movie. And she's like, is it Lacey or Mel? And I'm like, okay, Josh. So you've never seen this movie before? So I thought I hadn't. We were watching it. And I was like, oh, I remember that scene. I remember that scene because Lacey has always loved this. And I feel like she might have put it on when we first started dating and then we started making out or something. Or it was on during like a group set. Why is that? I just was very surprised. Wow. Shocker, everyone. I once made out with my wife. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's more like during saved. Yeah, that was really it. Like, that's the movie. Well, we didn't do anything else. We couldn't. Aw. Jesus was in the room. Aside from the usual hangups with like era early mid two thousands comedies, I don't really have anything bad to say about Saved. I think it's fucking great. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I think it's great. There are like the usual hangups that we'll run into with a lot of your movies, yes. but as a whole, I, I I kind of actively stepped back and had to try and think of faults in the movie, but I couldn't think of any. There, like I said, there are a couple things that I think we'll all probably agree on were not the best. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, okay. Rashawn? So I saw this movie when it first came out. Maybe listeners know or don't know. I have, um, I grew up very religious. Parent, both my parents are pastors. So I grew up pretty heavy in the Baptist church. It's like adjacent to what this movie is, is skewering, but it's still Christianity. And I really dug it when I first saw it. It has... A really funny conceit. I love the cast. Jenna Malone, I think, is just never off her game. Mary Louise Parker will get me to watch any movie. So, um, and then we watched it the other day, last night. <laughs> and I think I'm gonna be back on my villain. Bullshit. Don't no. <laughs> this movie, you guys, Rashawn. I dug it when I saw it. I was like, oh, that's fun. (laughs) Watching it now, this movie has aged like a glass of milk at a pool party. (gasps) For Sean! It stinks. (laughs) (laughs) This is not how you thought the cards would fall, huh, Mel? Definitely not. I was was teetering if Lacey liked it. I was kind of thinking that she would be like, Oh, I loved it. Now I hate it. And then Josh was just going to hate it. And Rashawn was going to be like, eh, it's kind of funny. But this is totally the, a different direction. <laughs> um, It stinks. Like, it's just Smells. all bad to you. Where? Turtle. I think it's I think it's funny. I And I think I, I think the plot of obscuring religion is is an easy target. But that doesn't mean that it's always done well. And I think the jokes or the plot is stale to me now. The plot of her becoming pregnant or you're talking about it no, being no, no. about Christianity? It being like a, a, yeah, like a takedown of religion. I think a lot of more, 
more recent movies have done it better mm-hmm. or and also are a little bit more specific where I think this kind of just says religion and the school is kind of set in this Christianity, Catholicism, gray area. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, religion's bad. And like, let's make the easiest jokes that we can make. And I don't think it holds up like See, at all. I took it. I didn't take it as blanket religion. I took it as specifically religion towards youth and what what religion, how religion tries to shape youth and what it tells them they can and cannot do. Organized religion. I think that's I think that's an important determinant in classifying this movie because it is all about organized Christianity mm-hmm. and right. and imposing that on the youth at such a young age. I mean, we see little Jenna at three years old committing her soul to the Lord. Like that right there starts us off right away. That's a big decision to make for a three-year-old. But hey, you know, that's that's what we do. Yeah, I think it makes a distinction about Christianity, the business, and not Christianity, the, the practice. But I think where for me where it goes wrong is that it starts to focus in less on the organization of it and more on the people, most specifically Martin Donovan and Mandy Moore, who will become like the de facto villains when I think the first 15 minutes or so is targeting the actual religion. And then it, as the movie goes on, it kind of has to zero in on, okay, these two people are really, really bad. And it kind of forgets the bigger picture that I think it was painting in the beginning. I disagree that they're the villains, especially watching it now as an older viewer. Yeah, what they do sucks. <laughs> like, yeah. obviously, they're not good people. But I think that what the story is doing is it's showing these are the people who think they're in line based on what they've been taught and what they've been shown. And this is the formula of what their organized religion has told them they should do. And look what it's done, not just to the people around them, because Hillary Faye fucks with everybody around her, but at the end, what it does to those two people too. You know, Hillary Faye at the end has no friends, gets caught for doing all of the misdeeds that she did in front of the entire school. Martin Donovan, Pastor Skip, loses, I mean, Mary, Lu- Mary Louise Parker, the ultimate loss <laughs> in any movie. I mean, you get the little redemption at the end, but I think it, it shows... I saw them as the villains. I'm with Rashawn, but I saw them as the villains that do shitty, especially Mandy Moore, both of them, do shitty things and do shitty deeds, but try to use their religion, air quotes, faith as an excuse or crutch, when in reality it's just they're bad people looking for a scapegoat. Yeah, that's kind of my how I saw it too. It's like, I kind of get both sides of what you're saying, but I definitely, more so Mandy Moore, and I think that's also her being in high school is like well I've only known this religion and everything uh I've gotten is from God and she you know she made this whole the Christian jewels up because she's like this is God's plan and this is me doing good but in actuality she's a shitty person but but I I don't think that she starts off as a shitty person like they're really really good friends in the beginning and I never see the point where she goes from 
Mary's best friend, which, by the way, like, you named your main character Mary. That's funny. It's easy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it go. It's too easy. But <laughs> I never see the point where Hillary Faye becomes this really devout best friend to, by the end of the movie, she's a cartoon. And it just never seems... Like, the movie doesn't decide whether it wants to tonally be with Jenna Malone and her performance or with Mandy Moore and this over-the-top villain where movies like Regina George and Mean Girls or Amanda Bynes and Easy A, the movie is in sync with what they're doing. So it's the the heightened tone works. But Mandy Moore is just like... (laughs) And the movie is like really, really grounded with this voiceover and this tender character that they give Jenna Malone. And I don't think the two really connect for me really well. I see. I think you're full of shit. I think the movie opens showing you that Hillary Faye is all the wrong kinds of, of capital C Christian. I think when, when they're painting this big statue, Macaulay Culkin, Roland's like, Hey, I don't think Jesus was white she's like yes he was and like shuts it like you that's like the first that's how you meet her oh she's one of oh, mm-hmm. she's 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 co-opted it and i think i think you see that from the jump i think you get exactly who she is yeah right i away. mean from the beginning she has a handicap van that she doesn't want but she's like grinning through her teeth like yeah it's fine i could have had a lexus like that though you already see who she is and i think the shift she was ready to pounce on that. She was ready to be the person she truly is as soon as Mary started dwindling from her faith. And it didn't take anything. You know, Pastor Skip was like, oh, I think something's wrong with Mary. Maybe you guys should check in on her. But even before that, she was already like, nah, something's wrong. We need to we need to grab the Bible and do a fucking exorcism on her. And that <laughs> that didn't take any convincing. It was just like, let's just do it. You know what I mean? So it was Well then but it doesn't I don't know. She's in my opinion, since I'm full of shit. <laughs> you call this movie curtled milk. Stinky. I said that as it it could have been. I said it was milk at the pool party. If it curdles, hey. Hey, who's bringing milk to the pool party? Not me. Save. Not me. <laughs> it just doesn't it, it's it goes too broad at times. And then the moments with with Mary and Patrick and with Mary and her mom are, they're just two completely different movies to me. I don't have a problem with this skewering of, of, or the takedown of religion. I don't have a problem with that at all. I just have a problem with how broad it goes, but also really wanting to land these really key emotional moments. They don't Well, I feel like it kind of also shows that Mary and her mom are not even a part of this lifestyle that they're trying to really, really, really be a part of. Well, that's bullshit. What do you mean? What do you mean they're not a part of it? They've, I mean, they've been there for years. They have, but I feel like because society or whoever, the bigger picture is telling them to go to this church, to put your kid in this Christian school because that's what deems them as good people. But even mm-hmm. when the mom is sitting there playing Jeopardy by herself and she's getting all of the answers wrong, you can see in her face like, damn, I really don't know this shit. And I, I feel like she's just trying to be this person that whoever is, I'm just going to say society as a whole is telling her, if you're a good Christian and you put your daughter in Christian school, this is this is what you're supposed to do. 
in reality, I don't think that she, if she had somebody else guiding her or maybe if her husband was still there, she probably wouldn't be doing this. I feel like she was lost and this is, and when people are lost, they go to God and that's exactly what she tried to do, but she can't keep up with it. They very lightly touch on it at the beginning with her mom becoming the Christian interior designer of the year. There is that also fiscal side of it that like, well, you know, I got this community that I can now, you know, reap the benefits from. But I agree with you, Mela. She's clearly not as invested as some of the more devout people involved in the community. Right. And she's trying, like she's going, you know, she's in the PTA, she's going on these retreats or whatever, but even still, she's dating the pastor who's not even fully divorced. Yeah. But I think a big subplot of the movie, to me, how I took it, Mary was part of this. She was fully invested in, in, she was fully invested in what she thought was the right thing in this, in this school and, and, and these teachings. And I think she's... We're, we're following her journey as she's slowly realizing that just because these people are labeling themselves as Christians mm-hmm. doesn't mean they're Christ-like or doesn't mean they're following the actual teachings. They're just weaponizing it. And we're watching her realize that in real time and, and sort of finding her tribe of people that maybe aren't as vocal about their quote-unquote faith, but they're better people because they're not they're not weaponizing christianity to to like her big speech at the end there if god made us so different why are we why are you trying to make us all the same Mm -hmm. and i think it's her journey of realizing through the most extreme circumstances because she asked for her virginity back so she's the virgin mary where she's learning all this through the most extreme circumstances um okay well look whatever your views of religion are outside of that i think in the movie there should be a decision of is the church the problem or are the people in it the problem just narratively and i don't and i think the movie goes back and forth to me at at some points the conversations that macaulay has with um homegirl where it's like religion itself is the issue but for most of the movie it's the people that are weaponizing the religion are the issue and i think them not really settling on one is why to me it feels so broad where it's just like let's show a bunch of people in a room having church and let's satirize it because it's funny which it is like at times but i think if it could be like a little sharper it would land a little bit more for me on this third or fourth rewatch i don't know how many times i've seen it yeah i think I think I agree with Rashawn on that one. I think putting it like that, there is, there's not a, I don't, to me, there's not a distinct focus on, is it the church as a whole or is it its individual members? I feel like it's, this movie specifically, it has to be both because you can't like have one without the other because it Mm -hmm. starts with how Lacey said her as a little girl and finding her faith and it is about the church and it is about this community And then as she grows up, yes, she's still in this school, but she also now is having to deal with Christianity and her faith, et cetera, plus her peers and like all of that, all of the teenage drama that comes with it. So 
It's like you have this popular girl and she's really only popular because she's like the head of everything in this Christian school, the Christian jewels. She sings at worship or whatever you call it. She does the prom. So everything is tied back to religion in this. You can separate the two, but I feel like, especially Mandy Moore's character, all of it is wrapped into one package. Like she is not, and which is part of the problem for her is like, she's not her own separate person without God, without this school. Who really is she? Mm-hmm. I think we're saying two different things. I, I'm not saying the movie is not concerned with religion at all. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if it it's really concise about what it wants to say about religion. Okay. Because about halfway through, it abandons that to just be a teen movie. So much so that it ends at a school dance. And I think the first act or so is really, really sharp. And then halfway through, it's like, well, it has to be about this girl who might get the guy and then the religion takes a huge backseat to that. And then it's all about the entanglements of that. That was the one thing, if I had one critique, I would walk away with it. Sorry, I'm going to take half a step towards Rashawn. Come over here, baby. Come over it's, here. <laughs> where, there, where does the rivalry from Mandy Moore come if you do this? But I don't know if I needed the love interest. All the shit could still land. You could still have Dean come back at the 11th hour. You could still have that really touching moment. It I'm going to pull a Rashawn. Right now, from burlesque. Here we go. go. Sometimes it's just nice to have a love story. I didn't say take it out. I'm just saying. You you can pull her on, though. Sometimes it's just nice to have a love story. Did she need him? No, but it was sweet. It was a, a, a link, especially because he was the pastor's son. That balance between is he gonna, is he really into me or is he like you know a hillary faye subplot you know right exactly i never got that big of that vibe i thought for sure the whole time he's you know loves her and is into her but it's just sweet it's a teen a teen movie we need romance like there's no way it did lead to my least favorite part of the movie which is at the mall when he pushed her into the employees only section how does he know that's there did he set that up as an employee but that's indicative uh, there's always a moment like in the in stupid teen romances it's like where, where did this come from where's the employees why are they not kicked out how does he know where that light switch is that perfectly lights up these four twinkle Maybe lights he works works there in the summer Oh, no. He's a skater boy, man. Well, if he works in the summer, how does he know where all the Christmas decorations are? They just are? store that there during the year. People don't put those away. They just dust them off and bring them out for Santa. That is a horrifically run mall then. You ever been to the Northridge <laughs> Mall? Let me show you around. <laughs> show you something. I don't think this is a bad movie. It just... It, it stinks. It didn't, stinks. Age well. it didn't age well for me. It stinks. But I do think it is not a good teen movie. And I think it should stop trying to be a teen a teen movie. Because I think yeah. that for me, that's when it, it falters a lot. So take out what in it like what make what justifies it as a teen movie? The need for a love interest and the need to have clicks and have a queen bee. If it was just about Mary and uh, Hillary Faye was there as an antagonist and it was just about that clash and her dealing with her pregnancy but then there has to be 
another subplot with Hillary Frey's brother and his romantic interest, and mm-hmm. and then like but I said, Macaulay's so cute. Dance. He's adorable. He's adorable. Macaulay fucking crushes it. He's like my favorite part of the movie. Aside but from it's, Mary it's trying so hard to be both of those things that it doesn't do either well. I think it does. If you had to remove <laughs> one of the love's interests, would it be the parents, Macaulay, or the, the main? parents? Who wants to see parents? The parents. No, I didn't. Macaulay. I didn't. What? I didn't, Hold on. I'm not saying yeah, he's bad. You, I didn't say he's bad. Everyone, close your mouths before a flag gets in. I'm saying. <laughs> he is so ready to be defensive. He's oh my gosh. All three of you jumped at me. What are you saying? No, no one said anything. Not okay, a word. I can't I can't convey this to you <laughs> listeners, but the face was this. <laughs> we really we really pulled a Macaulay home alone. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Why? Why why why? I think Roland it's, and it's redundant. Are great. The movie should focus on that relationship where they're both about, they're both anti-religion stuck in a religious school. Uh-huh. That's a great movie. Or Mary and Patrick, who are both having crises of faith. One of them is a pastor's son. The other has grown up in the church and they're both trying to figure that out together. That's also a great movie. Even Mary Louise Parker and Martin, Martin Donovan, a married pastor and a widow. That's a great movie too. All three of them together in an hour and a half does not a great movie make. It makes spoiled milk. It's spoiled. It stinks. You're wrong. You're wrong. I feel no, like I'm there's there's so many movies like we've done on the pod. New Year's Eve. Valentine's They're all yours, Day, Carmella. Um, Go ahead. Crazy Stupid Love. They have hella plots and we fucking love them all. Crazy Stupid Love is just about the romance. Okay. That's fine. This is about romance and religion. So what? <laughs> I mean, I would take out honestly. I would take out the the pastor and Mary Louise Parker, not them as characters, but just their romance. Because it, uh, it does. I don't really care about that. Like, let her focus on her uh, fucking pregnant daughter. She never notices until the end. But that's a little silly to me. That she wouldn't notice. A lot silly. The school is one thing. If she's coming around, coming around, and and then fleeces. But the mom, <laughs> probably tied with the mall employees only section for my least favorite moment in the movie, was the like semi redemption we got for Pastor Skip at the end when the kid was born. I didn't care. I didn't like that. I don't know. Am I supposed to care about him? Am I supposed to feel sorry for him when he's got the flowers and he's pacing? What it's am I hopeful? Yeah, I, I I saw it more as like a a hopeful thing as like he really didn't mean what he said. But what he said was fucking terrible. So I'm just like, yeah. he's he's done nothing to earn redemption, and it feels like I'm I'm shown this, so I'm supposed to just give it to him. He brought no flowers. Bits. Okay. Okay. Sweet. I don't. For me, it it seemed a little like kind of what I think the movie was trying to do as a whole, which is just being your truest self, living authentically for whatever that means to you and not letting your decisions and your actions and your choices that might make you happy be dictated by organized religion. And I think that last moment with the pastor is that struggle and it is that hope and it is that like moment of, I mean, Mary and and Cassandra and 
Roland, mm-hmm. they're making an impact on the people around them. The kids from Halfway House, you know, the Dean coming back with his boyfriend and all of these kids now questioning are also sparking questions within the adult community of it as well. That's what I took from it. Why was Dean's boyfriend in that final picture? Because <laughs> he's part of the family. He's in the fam now. He's his life partner. Mm-hmm. It's stepdad. That's a stepdad. Oh, God. Oh, wait, no. Yeah, yeah he's stepdad. stepdad. Yeah, he'd be stepdad. So she, the baby would have a mom Three and dad dads. and two two stepdads. Yes. Lucky kid. Oh. Aw, I can't even get one dad. Huh. He has three. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just had to throw it in there. Rashawn, I really am just, just taken back because I feel like you were having a good time and I feel betrayed. I laughed. I just, I didn't think it was as funny as I used to. Do you think it was funny when you were younger because it was taboo or like something you've never really seen before? No, I've seen, like I've seen, but I'm a cheerleader and, and, and Heather's, I think they're not based on religion, but. Same kind of themes. I think this is a little safer than all of those. Even something as commercial as EZA. I think takes a few more sharper shots than Saved does. Yeah. This feels like we are going to comment on religion, but we also really love religion. And there, there's a gray area that it tries to live in that isn't as, as cutting. I'm about to get very vulnerable on the pod, and you can cut all this out. But I think that's why I identify with it so much. And I like that it does that because – if the movie was just saying Christianity is bad, religion is bad, there should be no organized religion, I don't think I would have connected with it as much. I grew up in a very Christian household, but we didn't go to church. We did home Bible studies, and we discussed religion as more of like a a connection and a relationship with God and with Jesus. And so I do feel like there is this gray area, this in-between where you don't have to be devout and speaking tongues and completely committed to a building, the church, Mm. to still have a relationship with God and with your religion, your spirituality. And I think the movie does a good job with that. I agree with you. I think there's a definite middle ground that people can live in. I also, I was at church five days out of the week. But I think the movie wants to have it both ways, where these pe- these are people who send gay kids away to be converted. Mm-hmm. And you have to kind of take a stance in the movie about what kind of people those are. And I mm-hmm. don't think it does, because it, it tries to redeem the pastor at the end. So I think if you're going to take that that lane of, these are people who will send you to a conversion camp, they don't like that you're pregnant, there has to be kind of a um, an extreme, you know what I mean? But it, it doesn't really wrestle with that. It, it's, it does it more for comedic effect. And then it kind of pushes all that to the side and, and goes for the teen comedy. You know, does that make any it sense? Does. I don't know. No, that's, it's fair. That's very fair. And I, I agree with you. I, I read some of the trivia on IMDb and there were like over 200 rewrites oh my God, yeah. on the script that happened. And Brian Danley 
said that he wrote the script because he was a young gay person and he was like every night I would pray to God to please not make me gay please don't make me gay and that is still a reality of the church today conversion camps are still a real thing conversion therapy is still a very real thing that is pushed upon our youth and it's wrong and I I agree with you Rashawn that it touches on it without really doing it justice but I also love the defiance of the kids breaking out and coming to the prom anyway and we that that's where the teeny movie comes back in and we get you know the golden light of cinema over something that is very serious and very dark in reality Mm -hmm. but the hopefulness of the kids breaking out and coming to their prom and having their friends be like stay here, you know, you should be here too. And standing up for them to the principal. That I think is a good message. And I think it was powerful to see, especially back in 2004. Watching it, I hadn't even thought about coming out to my parents. You know, the thought of that terrified me. Mm -hmm. I've already come out and it still terrifies me. (laughs) (laughs) It still terrifies me. So... I I enjoyed that initially watching it, but I think now being out and and queer and black and then also just being a a movie snob, as my three friends have (laughs) told me, you know, it definitely (laughs) it doesn't um, I wish it would either like push the envelope a little bit further and I get it. A movie in 2021 now would be able to be a little bit more edgy than a movie in 2004. So I, I do give props to the movie. And like I said, I don't I don't think it's bad. I think my my milk comment was just that I didn't find it funny anymore. <laughs> well damn. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I think even a few years later, or maybe the same year, Weeds does a really great takedown of, of mm-hmm. religion and suburban communities that focus on religion. Um, Desperate Housewives. So I I, I don't know. I um I'm gonna no. I'm not taking back my milk comment. Take it back. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> no. Um. It just I, I. It wasn't as as funny. It didn't hit the same. You know. Yeah. Whatever. Well, any last grievances was saved. No grievances. We mentioned him once, but Macaulay Culkin was I love great. You, Macaulay. I mean, so like, is Ava. There, I loved both of yeah. them. I just want him to have like a whole renaissance when he's older. He's got yeah, a he has He's a podcast vibing. too, but I'm like, I want him yeah. back on screen. And I totally He's... understand him being like, fuck acting ever again, but over it. We want yeah. you. He is <sighs> all right, guys. You got Ke- you got Kieran, you're fine. Yeah, but he doesn't have them. Come lips. On, succession. Who wants to play a game? I want to play a game. Alright, everyone, gird your loins. Riddle me this. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a guessing game. Come on, boy. And Rory. And and Rory. Scream for stand up. Oh yeah. This game is called Mella Almighty. Oh my god. <laughs> I love that you've been like, titling your games lately. It you makes guys me feel like I need to title do your it. games. So like, oh, I guess I gotta get it sad. So I am the god of this episode. And I will be wow, deciding okay. the fate of several less than decent characters. Characters who have made a few questionable decisions. I'm going to give you a name of a movie character. 
and you need to guess if I'm sending them to heaven or to hell. Mm. Whoever lines up correctly with me gets a point. Most points win. Are we ready? Uh, this is a mistake. <laughs> Y'all know me. Okay. Your first character is Regina George. The gut instinct, I think, is to say hell. Mel likes a little drama, and I think there's something to be said about Regina's arc, too. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. She gets she gets redemption. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But is it enough of a redemption? Do we see enough of her future to make up for her past? Right. But is what she did really that bad? It's high school drama. It's just high school drama. And she, she's a mean girl. She, you know, is in rugby now or whatever. She's she, she yeah, she channeled in her therapy, Austin. right? Mm-hmm. Why is God chiming in? I just come down just to give a little sprinkle of advice sometimes. But go oh, ahead, God. decide. I'm saying heaven. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you're trying to pull a fast one on us. I'm going to say heaven too. Rashadi. I'll say heaven. Heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Yay! You ain't slick, God. Your next person is Scar. Or animal, I should say. Oh. Hell. Lacey was quick with it. Yeah. No question. I don't want Scar to go to hell. It's not what you want. Is there any reason why he wouldn't? There's no redemption for him. Um, He just wanted a piece of the pie. So he killed his brother and framed his nephew? He didn't technically kill his brother. No, he straight yes, up killed him. Oh my <laughs> god, you guys. He straight up he, killed him. <laughs> the wildebeest killed him, technically. The, the wildebeest finished him off. That yeah, fall, he, might not have, he might not have survived that fall. That fall killed him. So he committed murder. Who hasn't, you know? Uh, wait, a minute, uh, wait a minute. I have not. <laughs> Delete. <laughs> Delete this bit. Yeah, he's going to hell. Uh, yeah, he's going to hell. He is going to hell, y'all. Yep. Yep. Sending that little bastard to hell. Okay. Uh, next person, Thanos. Oh. Okay. So he, here's an interesting thing. Because he's a he's a titan. Well, don't get all. Actually, just take it <laughs> what it is. I now, know you don't like facts at all, <laughs> but I was just stating something for you. Yeah, he is technically a demigod himself. Is what he did wrong? Probably. I mean, he committed like a thousand scars. A yeah. thousand. <laughs> you know, millions. a couple hundred. <laughs> Thanos killed only a, a thousand lions. But he did it for <laughs> he did it for humanity. He did it for the greater good. Are we talking comic? Are Star- we talking or, uh, comic? comic? Yes, Carmela's talking the comic books. <laughs> I just had to ask you douche because in the movies he's doing it to preserve resources in the universe he says the universe is running out of resources not for lady death not for lady death in the comics he's just literally just doing it to impress death which is some simp shit um it's kind of hot hot. (laughs) (laughs) i hate it here hell he's going to hell he's going but in his but in his mind he's doing it for the greater good that's his mind or in carmel's mind hell Hell? Yeah. Damn, three for three, everybody. Shit. He is going to hell. You did pick 
you did pick two of the most prolific villains in the last 50 years. <laughs> well, I'm going to keep it up. The next one is Lord Voldemort. Hell! What did he do Hell. to even question this? <laughs> Hell. Hell. <laughs> I forgot y'all hated no. Harry Potter. Well, God damn it. Well, that's Who not hates even that we... Harry Potter? Me. But it's not even that I hate Harry Potter. I think it sucks. It's that he tried to kill a baby. Hello? I, mean, I don't know. What did he do that And all make- the people he killed along the way? No. For power? I was just seeing mm-hmm. where y'all were at. It was more of like a, a survey of what you would say. It was a litmus test for yeah. us. This whole thing has actually just been a test exactly. for us. <laughs> okay, your next person, Norman Bates. Um. Now... He's he's not well. No. <laughs> that's that's where it comes into a question then. He's not well, well, but he's still He still murdered people. Hurting people. Happily hurting people. I don't I don't know if you can say happily Lise. That well, grin at the he, end is pretty sinister. He's not sorry about it. Well because he's not well. Hell. I think you might be a merciful god. I'm gonna say you send him to heaven. Okay. I don't think she is. I think she sent him to hell. Oh, you guys. I sent him to heaven. He's sick. Why? He's sick. He just misses his mom. Because she looks like And I look like <laughs> You think he's hot, don't you? She's just sending people she thinks are hot to live with her up in heaven. Choke me out, Angel. Come on, baby. It's me, God. Come up. Let Norman in. Let him in. Okay, oh so Rashawn's in the lead with Norman Bates. So the you, <laughs> I know. Put him in purgatory then. I don't know. <laughs> okay, this last one. You ready, Cal? I knew it. I fucking knew it. Hell, bitch. <laughs> Going to hell next. Hear me out. <laughs> no. That's it for this week's episode. Of- <laughs> What did he do that is worthy of burning in the uh, fiery pits of hell? What has he done? He, he, tossed, a, he tossed a table over. Emotionally and so physically did Jesus. abusive. Jesus also flipped the tables at the market. Emotionally the and market? physically abusive. Yes. The market. He's just ignoring me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he also flipped the script with them two loaves of bread. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> He did flip tables at a market that was erected in a in a in a temple. You be reading the Bible? Yeah, I grew up in a very religious house too. I just hate talking about it. Oh, he was emotionally manipulative. Is that what you're Cal saying? Cal or Jesus? Le- no, I'm asking Lacey. Is that what she said? He was emotionally and physically abusive. So was um, Norman Bates. No, he wasn't. He offered her a sandwich. Oh my And then God. stabbed her to death. Mella. Yeah, but he was doing it for his mother. Now, does Mel think Cal's good looking? That comes into consideration. <laughs> but apparently he's rich. Okay, so here's the other thing. We gotta we gotta do this the scale of justice here. Is his bad does his bad outweigh his good? Because he saved a little girl. It's he Carmella, saved her life. It's Carmela justice though. Does Mella care about little girl, little little white girls? I don't like kids. She does not. The kid is cute. Just though. her nephew. <laughs> ah, she cries a lot. The, the girl who was dying. <laughs> I'm sorry.
sorry. She was just kidnapped by a stranger. No, no she's, she's crying, crying before. before. She yeah, That's because she she's alone. That's how he knew to find her. He followed that cry. On a like, sinking ship. Of course damn, she's girl, crying. Shut up. Hell. <laughs> you know what? I think you're merciful, God. I think you're bringing him to heaven for saving that little girl. I'm going to say heaven. Lacey said hell. Mm-hmm. He's going to hell. Send him yeah! For Listen. What? If he wouldn't have put Jack in the bottom of the boat, they would have had time mm. to get on a separate boat and they would have been happily the handcuffs. ever after. So I forgot about the handcuffs. I, will, I can't forget about the handcuffs. Like, it's not even about but, the little girl at this point for me. But Jack got out. Jack got out. Jack got out. But they wasted a fuck ton of time. He could have been, he didn't need to be there in the first place. No, because they, he got out, they got to the lifeboat and he still didn't get on. So that doesn't I matter. C- I can name 10 things that ate up too much time that homegirl took way too long to swing that axe that took up some time yeah but she wouldn't have had to swing the axe if he wasn't there 55 episodes later we are still having this fucking argument about one of the definitive villains in titanic you guys the definitive villain in titanic is mother nature (laughs) (laughs) nah it was it was homeboy that was texting at the wheel we have a we have a tie between Lacey and Rashawn. Should I do a tiebreaker? Do you guys just want to share the points? Do tiebreaker. Yeah. Come on. Okay. Rashawn and I are not friends this episode. Shit. Any episode, really. Any episode. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Mikey Myers. Hell. Hear me out. No. Hear me out. Let's hear it. Are we talking which which timeline are we talking about? No, oh, here we go. Uh, which Mike Myers timeline? You got him on his funk shit. The, the Let me pull out my one. board. I don't know. Because if you're going 78, <laughs> then <laughs> you can converge to Halloween 2 and 3. Or you can go to 2018 Halloween, which skips all of the murders. So he didn't kill that many people. He only killed three people if you jump to 2018. As I'm everyone sorry, knows, he only killed three people. It's not there's a that marker bad. on murders and Cal. Cal didn't kill anybody, and he went. Cal to didn't hell. kill anybody. He saved. He's in the green on that spreadsheet. As far as murders go, great physical, emotional abuse, manipulation, just being a general dick. I think. I think flags. if I think if you sent Perkins to heaven, then Mikey needs a shot because he was also a child. A damaged, mentally damaged child. So I'm going to say Mikey Myers opened the pearly gates. He's not as hot, though. As you don't know. I don't, don't know. know. I've you never seen know. him. Let's see. Mella? But he's... Mella, I'm going to say this. What? He's got some big feet. No! <laughs> no! Don't sway the judge based on size. That I don't know what's in that jumpsuit. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to take him to hell. He killed a lot of people. You almost had me with the kid thing. Because I'm like, he didn't, you know, they fucked him up as a kid. They should have. Then you need to, you need to grab uh, Bates Bates. and bring him down. I'm going to bring him down, but not to hell, baby. No! (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Norman, where you at? We had one of the most civil episodes we've ever had. How is saved the horniest episode? <laughs> discussing <laughs> discussing organized religion and its merits. And you ended it with that? 
I like to put a nice little bow on the end of my episodes. It's the WCA way, baby. <laughs> well, congratulations, Lacey. Oh, Con- thank congrats, you. Lacey. <clears throat> thank you. Can't believe I lost on Michael Myers. I know. You had me there in the first half. I'm not going to lie. Let's wrap this bitch up. So wrapping things up, it seems like we've come to the conclusion that Saved is... <laughs> saved, you know, is a stinky milk for Rashawn. But for us, Josh, Lacey, and myself, it's something that we, Lacey, for example, has loved in the past and still loves today, as well as me. It's new to Josh, but he didn't hate it, and I am super happy and surprised about that. Rashawn, I don't know what to say about you, buddy. Not the buddy. buddy you, I think you need to go take a nap. I think you need to take a nap. If I'll tell you where I'm not going, to the pool. <laughs> Because it stinks out there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get you a new glass of milk. And I never, I didn't even get to mention it in the episode. I think Mandy Moore is so fucking good in this. And I will watch her in anything, period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We end each episode with a quick round of six degrees of separation. So who can find the fastest connection between Mandy Moore and the star of the next film, for our next episode, Florence Pugh. I got it. Holy shit. What is it? <laughs> Mandy Moore was in The Princess Diaries with Anne Hathaway, who is in The Devil Wears Prada with Meryl Streep, mm-hmm. who is in Little Women with Florence Pugh. Very She's good. On She's, She's on fire. fire. No, 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 no. Let's tear her down. Like you tear me down. No. Mm-mm. I don't wanna. <laughs> That's it for this week's episode of When Cinephiles Attack. As always, we'd love if you took a moment and rated us on Apple Podcasts. You can find this and all of our episodes on Spotify or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CinephileAttack. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode or you just want to show us some love, email us at WhenCinephilesAttack at gmail.com. From Mella, Josh, Lacey, and Rashawn. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.